Okay, just one small thing before we start this show. Welcome along, by the way. Um, this is episode number 33. You'll notice in a few seconds' time that I introduce it as episode number 32. You can probably guess the reason why. I recorded this one um, and then recorded the last show and decided that I wanted to put that last show out first. So just to clear it up, last show, 32. This show, 33. If you're listening to this while this airs, I'm out and about, hopefully, with Andrew Bartram and a few others taking some pinhole shots in Boston, UK for Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day. You may hear an update at some point today. You may not. Just thought I'd let you know that. Cheers, guys. Enjoy the show. Bye-bye. Hi guys, and welcome along to show number 32 of Soot and Whitewash. I'm your host, Neil Piper, and today's show for me is a very special one because I have a guest on. A pre-recorded guest, I will hasten to add. He's not here right now. Um, and my guest this this episode is Mr. James Russell Kant. Now, James is, in my opinion, an amazing photographer, and he can be credited for getting me into pinhole itself um so he has a lot to to answer for i think um i was james used to be one of my tutors when i was studying for my degree and as a lot of you will know i'm now studying my master's degree and james was one of the tutors where i attend university um, he's since moved on to bigger and better things somewhere else thanks for that james um but I was fortunate enough to head down to London yesterday um, and have a have a chat with him, catch up with him, and he was kind enough to answer a few questions that I had about a particular favourite body of work, um, my particular favourite body of work of his. So I'm going to play out that interview now. I hope you enjoy it, and I will speak to you again afterwards. Thanks, guys. Oh yeah, just before we get into the actual interview, uh, I'm going to come back and just say when we recorded, we were sitting uh, in the beautiful London sunshine in James's back garden. So there are a few um, extraneous background noises that I hope you can all get past. There's some children playing in the background, there's a neighbour painting a fence. Uh, at one point, James's good wife Paula comes out and asks if she can hang the laundry out, because um, we forgot to tell her that we were actually recording. So hopefully you can get past all that and enjoy the interview. Cheers guys. Okay, so I'm here with James Russell Kant and I would like to ask you James about your your photographic project, The Decisive and Other Moments. Um, can you tell whoever ends up listening to this uh, a little bit about the body of work, why you chose to make it, um, how it's relevant to you and what type of equipment you chose to make it with? Please. Okay, so first, first of all, it started about wanting to photograph the, this particular place, which is where the majority of the pictures from the decisive and other moments come come from, um, and it's a place that is is layered with time anyway. So it's a, it's kind of the grounds of a, a Georgian house. It's the remains of a Georgian house. Uh, there's references to. Um, Romano Greco kind of art that were the kind of things that were taking place in the in the 1700s where you, you see that in all the kind of potteries and things and um, so there was that that kind of general interest but it's it is very kind of layered in in history and I'm kind of aware of some of the histories of the place 
and I'd always been looking and thinking about photographing this place and couldn't really sort of figure out how I wanted to do that and then it was kind of a kind of a whim in a way to to try and do it as a a, a, a body of work that was made just collecting up time I felt kind of making images that collected up these periods of time so collecting up the period of time of a year that is such a long time in some ways and then you start to kind of look at that in in geological time and it becomes like a 60th of a second kind of exposure if you put it kind of equivalent to our kind of human scales so there were all these sort of elements of time I was interested in people's uh, the kind of traces from different times as we from people on that landscape on that area and so it became a, a, a practical way, a kind of conceptual way of, of, of making images. And I think it really was that sense, that sense of gathering, gathering time, gathering time through light and those connections with time and light. And, um, and then it was really about how to do that. And in, in many respects, the, the, I thought about different ways of doing it, and of course, pinhole becomes a kind of very practical way of doing it and there is that there is that fascination with camera obscura and and pinhole and just that that kind of amazing thing that happens so you see a, an image projected so I think there was all that kind of fascination the pinhole certainly was a, 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 a practical way of doing it I wanted to shoot it on film and you know that people do the kind of year-long exposure and you use paper and you use the scanner and all that kind of thing and I just wanted to try some stuff out so you know no big risk a bit of my time a bit of cost and uh, see what happens so I made 12 cameras um, to take 5.4 film I used dark slides so I built them kind of around the dark slides um, put lots of plastic on them to try to make them partly waterproof so these are cameras that you've made just to clarify, from scratch. Yeah, so just a M M basically an MDF box. Sure. Um, part of it was about making. I think there's, there was a sort of slight sense of... Uh, I mean, I enjoy working digitally, but there was a slight sense of that, the physicality of it sure. as well. Yeah. I think it was kind of important. Um, and, I, yeah, I, I, made, I made a dozen cameras, so being slightly impatient because you've got to wait a year to see if it's working, so well, I'm not just going to make one or two I want to kind of start the see if the project starts although you're upping the risk but uh, used lots of um, plastic from from the, the, the bags from uh, printing paper that kind of thing so black light light, light bags yeah, yeah. Um, sort of stuck those all over and tried to seal things up put them in various places screw them to trees put posts in put them in posts on posts um but around kind of areas where there were sort of these traces of, of, of people's interaction with this landscape. So it was, it was a, it's, they were kind of landscaped gardens. They're very overgrown and it's the, the woodland encroaching. So there was always that kind of interest as well as, as, as people's endeavours sort of turning back to, to, to nature and all those kind of questions that come with time. Um, so I, I, I set them up. I was actually away on the day that they were they were set off and running because uh, I'd gone on a trip to to Japan and I uh, wanted to open them up on the 21st of March, being the uh, beginning of the the, the, the 
the, the spring. Um, so my, my dad went round and took all the, the, the sticky patches off that were stopping them exposing <laughs> and then uh, off they went. Um, and then I waited a year and I, I got them all in, uh, processed processed a couple unfortunately the first one I processed was um, an image of the remains of the house that was there and that was south facing and I'd got that exposure right because I just had to kind of guess an exposure I'd done uh, I mean there was I sort of worked out what the aperture was um, made made my own pinholes small pinholes they were uh, about a third of a millimeter so I'd done all the kind of maths and then uh, used lots of um, neutral density filters to kind of drop the time right down then taking a guess on reciprocity failure and actually um, the exposure for the south facing house was spot on was well exposed yeah right. uh, other areas not so much <laughs> but fortunately that that because i got that actually in the first couple of sheets that i processed um that, oh my god it's worked uh, there, there were others which I'd, if I'd done them first I might have abandoned the whole thing if no. I'd done five of the other ones first because I would have thought there was nothing on them um, actually when you start to use a scanner and draw the image out you can find quite a lot of information so you uh, put out these sorry I've forgotten how many like, tw- 12, 12 yeah. about 12 cameras and they were all out for the same amount of time Yeah. and you brought them all in at the same amount of time yeah. and then you processed them all bit, yeah, bit by bit sort of go, going through um so I got one really, yeah, I just remember like, oh my God. I just remember showing a friend who was here, who was like, <laughs> really, really unimpressed, going, oh, there's a picture of an house. <laughs> That's what I've said, a, a year. And, um, and then I, I sort of processed some of the others. Some of them had got more wet and they kind of disintegrated completely. There were some which had sort of partially disintegrated. Um, so some of the, the weather had got into the, yeah, into yeah. the camera. And actually then I started to, and some which weren't so well exposed, so the second round that I did I knew I could kind of go, okay, this area's going to be this many stops less than than that south facing house, Mm -hmm. so you just work it back from there. So I would use fewer neutral density filters, so in the second and third and fourth year I would get better better exposures because I'd figured out what to do. Already you're at least three years invested into this project at this point. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean the but so it was year, year one and then you kind of get it back and then because I wanted to say start on the 21st of March, 21st of June, 21st of September, 21st of December. So because year of one the, was really test shots, I suppose. Was it? Yeah, but in that hope that you might get something yeah. from them and they, and they worked and it actually, that's where it kind of opened up lots of... So one of the really interesting things, and it's like, I mean, if I'm working with students trying to in, in, encourage... Uh, you know, kind of try stuff out learn learn what a project can be about as well by through the sort of the the trial and error things open up things unexpected things trying to see well does that add something is that something that I just throw away or does it add something one of the things that that really I hadn't really hadn't thought about before obviously really is that that one that the weather would get in and it would perhaps partially destroy film so the, and there were images that I kind of looked at and thought, oh, that's no good because there's a little bit of. Um, Mind if I hang up? No. Yes. What? Why are you really? Because we're recording something <laughs> for a podcast. Why are you? Yeah. We we probably should have warned her first. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we'll cut that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get back to. So one of the things. 
one of the things that I didn't expect and was really kind of exciting was the, the weather getting in and actually um, not just the weather but mould growing on, on them so there was a this this thing that I came to like, talk about is a double exposure so there's exposure to light and there's exposure to conditions mm-hmm. so I had for example one sheet of film that um, almost all of the uh, emulsion had washed away and so you kind of look at the beginning thing that's no good and then you kind of look at it again and think actually that's really interesting or or where you'd start seeing the mould uh, growing where the mould had grown so you get these sort of shapes of mould growth on the on the uh, negatives as well <coughs> so, you've, so you've got the emulsion has been effectively washed or worn off and you're left with just the sort of the acetate base yeah and the except and there's set a couple of points of the emulsion so you end up with a black image and if you put it the right way up you've got these water streaks going upwards because of course it's yeah. been reversed so you have all those those things which kind of add to it but you start, started to kind of realize that okay no there's real value in in this this double exposure so from that point that was part of what I was going to get and what I hoped to get um, I lost too many of the first the first round so I think I got about six images out of the twelve um, and so I developed my Tupperware system which was a bit more waterproof um, so just uh, tell us the Tupperware okay so it's basically a, a, a Tupperware tub with the camera screwed back onto the lid of the tub right. and then um, painting the, the inside of a plastic tub black but with drilling a hole in the front and uh, then clipping it back onto the lid that's attached. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Is this still four or five? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so the yeah. same. The same. Um, so re, re refurbished um, boxes I that right. uh, I could use again. Um, and so they, there was less sort of weathering, but a, a better hit rate. And then I had worked out by then. So there were some places I knew that <clears throat> this 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 spot is. I mean, you just work it out on on kind of light in the middle of the day so there's a bit in the woods a kind of small area uh there was one where there was a dead rabbit so that that this little sort of patch and you just think well this is this is six stops less light than over there so i'll take six stops of my nd filter out so i could start to calculate sure because you can just look and see and just figure out that over that extended period of time the, the stop system still yeah, holds yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. It so, might be a month to two months, but it's still. Yeah, and that's one of the things that's kind of, you know, it's like a joke about it. It's like, well, if I'm a stop out, that's six months. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, um, and of course, it's, you know, you kind of, there's all sorts of the reciprocity failures and the colour and everything, but all those things, um, which are things I know you enjoy about the kind of, you know, pushing the film beyond what it's, it's, it's sort of linear mm-hmm. arrangements. Um, so, how did you, how do you even go about? attempting to work out any sort of reciprocity failure rate for an exposure that's that long i just i looked at the sort of which i can't remember the stuff i looked at stuff online about you know kind of black and white films and stuff and then frankly i just went is it just sort of that's just finger in the wind. 15 times finger in the wind yeah. and hope yeah <laughs> and you know one of them one of the the exposures was was really spot on and yeah. well a few and then and then once i knew that i mean it's you know, I, that I, it's the other thing is that you're you're, you're doing this. You're, it's not about you know that way that I've worked with film, where it's about the perfection of the film, all those things that I did, all those things I would do in in jobs, where you know it was about everything being perfect, mm-hmm. about getting your exposures spot on. So you know, holding all the detail about everything being sort of 
clean and and clinical in that in that side of things and of course that's not what this is about it's about pushing it beyond what you should sure. be doing it's about almost a kind of stupidity in it um and so in that i, I sort of and because I'm, i sometimes i sort of set off on things a bit quickly so i'd done that those first sort of effectively kind of test shots but realized okay there's some stuff here so i thought this is i kind of need to think more seriously about this so i start kind of started to sort of read around um pinholes thinking okay well do I need to think about the sharpness because obviously I know that you know the need to my pinhole but I wanted to make my own I didn't want to laser cut and things but so I I'd, I'd sort of looked up how to do that so just use you know kind of using the pin and emery cloth and stuff like that to get a nice um but thought you know okay let's start looking at how, how do you get the sharpest what's what's the best kind of aperture and then coming across the the formula for that which I'm sometimes I can remember but not right now um well, it's 1.9 as a root of, of whatever. Oh, I, I forget exactly. uh, anyway, that and looking at that, finding that, looking into it, and then discovering that the person who was one of the people that really came up with the basis of that formula was uh, Lord Rayleigh, um, who was a physicist. Uh, I think he won the Nobel Prize for. Uh, for physics in 1890 I think or no 1910 maybe but anyway he was a Nobel Prize winning physicist who came up with the formula and it turned out that he was born in the house where I was taking the pictures so um, I got quite fortunate my children were at school at that time when I discovered that because I was quite a lot of swearing happy swearing <laughs> but, um, sure. um, so that was just like so you kind of, you knew nothing of, of that I knew before. I knew about him I knew I knew I knew who he was I knew that he he won the Nobel Prize sure. um, so I knew all that but I didn't realise there was this part where he'd looked at at um, light and wavelengths and um, and so that was just it's kind of that that sort of uh, uh, I mean, it's a kind of coincidence that um, people into kind of uh, W G Zabelt. Um, uh, and this sort of psychogeography and uh, but his the, the kind of coincidence and that that kind of coincidence that comes into that where a lot of people talk about about that so it's just, it's just kind of incredible so i i mean i put together sort of i presented the work in 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 talks and that's been its most finished form i suppose and that's also then kind of drawing on some of the history of the house so there's kind of interesting things as well as um sort of histories that are closer to to me um even as much like my uh, great great aunt Flo worked in the in the kitchens of, mm -hmm. of the house when it was a country house, so I kind of have sort of presented it in 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 talk form as well as just leaving the images. So I still, when I can find time, need to put that that together into into some yeah. form of, <coughs> of 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 the the histories. But there's that kind of sense of the time people passing through the um, the space. So, um, so I think, yeah, so I kind of continued. There were a few things which were important for me to photograph. There was the, there's a small kind of waterfall. I mean, it's like a four foot waterfall. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and looking at kind of ideas around the Tesseract and Hollis, uh, you got, uh, sorry, uh, Moybridge is uh, some, there's some work around Hollis Frampton and, and, and Moybridge and, and the idea of Moybridge recording these waterfalls and it being the Tesseract because you've got the volume of water running through. Um, and I kind of wanted to sort of think about that. So that was that was hard work. That took um, <clears throat> three, four attempts. So three attempts. So you've 
um, made me look at the idea of the Tesseract many times. Yes. Are you able to, because I certainly can't, are you able to explain it to anyone who's potentially listening, what, what the idea of that um, I struggle. I struggle with it, but it's um, it is it is my understanding is around <coughs> the sort of dimension of time, and that there's a volume in if you take a picture of something like a waterfall, running tap, something like that. Then there is something that's moving. Yeah, and there is a volume that moves through that. So it's kind of thinking about that and that representation of time. And I suppose in the way that I'm saying, collecting up time, it's a bit like that becomes. Mm-hmm. A, a sort of visual thing of collecting up, you know, and I am aware that, of course, you know, the stuff, the water running through it, it wasn't turned off at night, so the water running through at night wasn't, you know, I'm aware of mm. all, all that. So some of it isn't. It is with a kind of degree of poetic license, in a sense, and it's to sort of open up spaces of thinking about about time. I suppose it kind of, you know, so it touches on 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 the sublime in that way, and that the time becomes that sort of a, a sublime entity and you think about time as time as analog I suppose there's that rather than time as, as, a, as a sort of uh, a series of moments time as, a, as an analog whole and in a way that's kind of reflected in 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 the waterfall for me in that volume of, of, of water so you take a slice of an analog whole mm-hmm. not a moment yeah. and I think you've thought about that Yes, you, you've made me uh, oh, look okay. at that a lot. <laughs> so, sorry, it's, it's, I've got no memory for that, what I make other people do. But, um, so there was that, yeah, there was kind of the collecting up of that. I mean, there are other, there are other, um, another uh, sort of slightly traumatic image to try and get was a, there's a, a lake, it's got a, uh, an island, um, small island on it, so it's quite a hassle to get across there, but on there there's the, 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 statue of Apollo so it's like okay and uh, that took quite a number of attempts to get one of those to, to work um, right. you know kind of moments of banging a post into the ground on this, this island small island um, to, to put my camera on and realise that I'm banging in next to a wasp's nest in the ground and, uh, <laughs> so kind of wrapping myself up in, in boiler suits and uh, how, how big, neck curtains and <laughs> how big is this island you say it's a small island um, it's maybe about uh, 30 foot by 15 foot, very overgrown, oh, okay. so there was nowhere to run. So there's not a boulder sticking out no, 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 of no, the ground, no, but no. still not really much of an escape. Yeah, route. yeah, no, that was that. <laughs> so I was kind of being a coward. I was back in the boat pretty quickly, saying, pull me back, pull me back. <laughs> um, but, but then it's just like a kind of determination. Think, fine, I'll, I'm, you know, I'm... I'm you know, determined, but also a coward. So I wrap myself in, in like you know, big gloves and boiler suit and tape myself in I with that. I with, don't think with, there's anything wrong with that. No, <laughs> but so I'm going back. I'm going to the wasps will be gone by next year <laughs> when I come back to get the film. Um, and then did eventually get that. And that's, I think that's quite an important picture as 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 well because it's about Apollo kind of Apollo's chariot and taking the sun through. And you get the lines of the sun. So there's all those kind of. Things. There were things around the geology. So I was looking at the geology of the place. So you've got these again, the kind of layers in in history, um, and I think just yeah, kind of understanding it and and, and then drawing in some of the kind of con- contextual materials. The really sort of in- interesting um, history of this this place. It had been a really kind of eccentric girls' school in the 1920s and 30s, and there'd been an art movement. I mean, this sort of don't know quite how they managed it, but they sort of uh, somehow managed to kind of promote this 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 
art by these girls at this this school that it sort of became a bit of a, a bit of a thing so there's some writing about that and the, the images are still held I've been over to see them in in, in uh, Birmingham I think it was in there's a public library now in Birmingham um, so there were all things like that there's uh, there was a uh, Gwen Raverout, who's uh, uh, an artist, made a kind of woodcut. So I've got uh, she's quite a famous artist. Um, and I think um, sorry, I'm kind of forgetting things about it now. But I think she was uh, like Charles Darwin's granddaughter. I think that was Gwen Raverout. So there's all these other things. Um, yeah, all sorts of kind of interesting people kind of passing passing through in different ways. So when I have sort of presented those kind of like a photographer's gallery, then it was kind of like drawing all this this together with 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 the other. And just with with the making, um, yeah. So that's led on to some other projects, which I won't kind of talk about now because they're kind of still in an ongoing state. But sure. um, so yeah, I kind of ran really making the work over about about five years. But it's sort of it's kind of still uh, continuing to still to a degree um, in a kind of moving image form. <coughs> that's okay. Yeah, but I'll, I'll leave that for the moment. So. Is it uh, a project that's likely to end, or is it one of those projects that you'll keep wanting to add to? Mm. Um, or do you not know? I don't know. I think it might add in... in. You know, I think it'd be connected projects. I think I've made enough work around that particular space. I think it would be about now finding time, which is the issue, to uh, to draw materials to together to make I don't know whether whether it could be book or something like that but it's um, yeah just just pulling the histories together and and seeing seeing what it could be but that's kind of like the, the next stage. it's fine as it is it's fine I mean I've exhibited it as 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 prints it works it works in that way on its own but I think there's something you know something more to do with it as as well but that's just the frustration of any time. <laughs> um, sure. Other things to do. So, yeah, that's kind. Of, I think most of the sort of um, ins and outs. Everyone, I'm like, you know, is trying to get across to uh, when I'm when I'm teaching to students, to anybody really. You know, sometimes it's just it's just like the mere. It's a kind of weird sort of hunch. Like there's something here that I want to explore. I'm not really sure what it is, but I've got a sense that there's something here. And then kind of working, finding out what's there, looking at images. I mean, I was kind of looking. At, you know, I knew that I, I knew I'd be making images, and if they worked, I'd have images a year long. But then looking at them, how do I feel about them? Reacting to them, start, starting to kind of understand what they mean to me. I'm not saying what they mean to anybody else, but what they mean to me. And that's the only place you can start. And then you just open them up to other people, and they, you know, they make they make their meanings, which may or may not coincide sure. with yeah. with your own. But to have that, you know, I make work in lots of ways, and sometimes it's more to more definite end. I know much more where it's going, but it has been. It's been a kind of great pleasure in making it in in that way. Of course, I wasn't in any kind of, you know, like you with your MA. There's, I didn't have a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to, you know, kind of main, maintain my interest in sure. it. Um, so, yeah, that's, uh, I hope that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's some, some help. Um, just quickly, you, you expressly said that you wanted to shoot it on film. Was there a reason, because of the time span, that the exposures take was there a reason that you wanted it on film rather than say using paper um there would undoubtedly been some reasons and 
I don't know that they were even very good reasons. Um, I think I wanted to just have those processes of film. I mean, I suppose at the beginning I'd probably thought about printing mm -hmm. them, which is not really an option. You have to, I mean, it's a hybrid process. It's, it doesn't sure. exist without digital. It's digital and, and analog coming together. Um, I mean, just sort of thinking that question over in my head, could you, could it even be done in, because it's a colour body of work, could it be done with, because I, sh I shoot pinhole onto black and white paper, can you do that onto colour paper, do you know? Um, does, it still, does it work in the same way? Yeah, it might, it might, it might well. Um, uh, it, it, it might well. I mean, once I'd, once I'd done it and then the things that were happening with the film, of course, that just became like, well, of course, I'm going to do it like this because that way that it, the way that it would break down, I mean, paper may well break down, interestingly, as well, but... Um, I mean, paper, I can say from experience that paper does break down over months and months yeah. if, if water gets in, probably more than... I'd imagine I it'd be more, does. yeah. So it may have been a more unstable yeah. uh, substrate to work with. And I know with you know people that use the, uh, the the method where you you use the scanner afterwards and you sort of flash up the scanner and, and that you know often you lose you just end up with a piece of paper with nothing you on it. You can lose, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was kind of aware of that, and I, I it was just a sort of I suppose almost kind of like a belligerence. I just that's what I wanted to try, but I was just trying something out. It's like. Um, you know, it's another, it's another one of my things. We kind of talk about, oh, take a risk. It's like, I'll take a risk. And so I was risking a little bit of money and and some some time. But it was fun making. It was fun putting them up. Um, and, I, you know, could try some something else. Out. And it, it's not, it wasn't a risk. It was just like having fun, a bit of adventure. Let's yeah. see what happens um, and see where it can go. I mean, I've had other things where I've tried stuff out and it's not gone anywhere. And this is one that, that did. So, of course, you get just like yeah okay well sort of hunching this and actually yeah, it's not really not really getting anything from it mm -hmm. um, and this one was just very like playing okay. and then taking it having a bit of adventure playing let's just see I'm intrigued and I want to make it about this place because I'm interested in this place I'm interested in the history so I kind of you know I've got a sense a hunch but it was pulling it together as I made it and thinking what else do I need to add to this what does this mean what do these images mean what does the mold mean what does mm -hmm. um, so the, the the technique of capture was that um, like the cameras that you that you built were they built with this project in mind yeah. or were they built with this long exposure technique in mind they were built for making the year-long images. You knew you wanted these yes. images and yeah. they were a way of making those. Yeah, images. so I just sort of like, just, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just find a way of making a box, mm. uh, sort of cheap and easy way with my very, very mediocre carpentry skills, but good enough to make something that's, that's light tight, paint everything black, uh, force the, <laughs> the dark slide in and um, use lots of uh, blue tack to push into the <laughs> gaps that I'd left and then tape all that in and um, you know it's because uh, blue tack is known for its camera building capabilities yeah 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 um, so um, but you think wow that's gonna that's gonna fill up fill up any kind of gaps that I need yeah, to it, it worked yeah. I mean there was no um, you know they they might have leaked water but they, <laughs> they didn't, didn't leak lights <laughs> um, so yeah and it was just it was just 
kind of uh, it was fun to do and then you know people kind of interested in them and enjoy enjoy it and it's it's you know you kind of explain what it is and people and that you know and it is that it's that thing so the thing that um is the Walter Benjamin um uh optical unconscious but that kind of way that the camera sees sees the world mm-hmm. so it is there it kind of exists it doesn't exist within one kind of exposure like that but I've recorded something used to cameras like you know Benjamin it's the uh, high speed image where you catch that, that, that moment or the the, the, the super close up or whatever or whatever macro macro photography whatever the kind of things are so this kind of long exposure of time being part of that about how the the camera can see the world differently transform uh, the world capture something different so that's that's you know that's a kind of uh, a fascination for me that that continues so there's been projects that have I mean when I when I started the project and I went to Japan and I was doing kind of they were uh, sort of minute two minute long exposures because I was emptying the, the, the streets of mm-hmm. Hiroshima and Nagasaki so kind of using those processes so it's just a thing going through my mind at that time <laughs> <laughs> um, and didn't shoot everything like that and different sort of portraits that I made when I went on that trip but yeah, and then it, it's it's uh, you know there's stuff you stumble across, and the stuff you stumble across, and you think you work out how to avoid it, and the stuff you stumble across, and you think actually that brings something else to it, and it's those things which are really exciting. So like the mold, mm-hmm. um, or the you know, kind of yeah the partial disintegration, so that those kind of unexpected things, thinking that's well that's a thing to be embraced that adds sure. yeah. a, a, a meaning to it. Um, yeah. So, all right. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Just um, one final thing before we wrap this up. The use of pinhole. I know you don't exclusively shoot with pinhole. Was pinhole used, again, for that project as um, a way of the type? That Was it for the time, the fact that you could get the longer exposures, or was it used for any other reason than that? Um, it was... In terms of the project, it was it was a practical solution. It helped with um, it helped with the time. Um, uh, you know, it meant I could just make these these boxes because mm. um, you could, in theory, have done them with a, a lensed camera. Yes, yeah, and presumably just a lot more ND filler than you used. Yeah, and then um, um, probably need to make it more watertight than I <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the things where you know it's kind of it was a practical thing, but there is there is also there is something in that that there is nothing between. You know, there isn't there, there's that it's just it is just that sort of the simplicity of that process. So mm-hmm. it does it does it does have mean to me and I kind of I do enjoy pinholes but I kind of enjoy them with a with a with a purpose I enjoy how they link together with mm-hmm. with what the images are trying to do I suppose um, so it it was both practical but then you know I was getting kind of it was more than that as it, it ultimately started to become more than that and in a way it always was so when we're sitting in my garden kind of and doing this and you know, people who've lived in the houses behind me over the years will have looked, I'll have looked very odd to them because I, I, every now and then I'll bring out a, when the, particularly when my kids were little and I was kind of showing them all excited they weren't, I was um, and you know kind of making uh, 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 using an old whiskey bottle 
container tube and, and, and putting a pinhole in the end and putting some tracing paper in it and then coming out in the garden and sort of like staring uh, into this a pinhole viewer yeah. yeah, and so people who live in the houses around me, like, it's slightly <laughs> odd. Um, so it is a thing, I, and, and I made and one of the rooms in the in the in the house. I made into into a pinhole. It wasn't. It, I wondered if it might become part of the project, and it sort of it didn't. Although there's some things I'm kind of thinking around that still. I'm um, oh, sorry, into a camera obscura, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. So there is. I, I do have that. I mean, it was a sort of. It's difficult to say. It's both a mix of a kind of that fascination and a practical, practical sense. Um, and I, you know, kind of that time in Japan, I shot some stuff on pinhole, but I shot some long exposures on because I wasn't looking for that length of exposure. I looked at someone using a lens, and at that time, I preferred the ones with the lens. There was also a kind of digital thing that. Um, make them work sort of digitally uh, you know but yeah it's I've, I've used I've used the pinhole since I used it in so my film that I made um, Remembrance and using that in a way that made images that felt slightly out of reach weirdly it's almost like there's something between you and the subject of the image although there is you know in, in a sort of you know kind of ironically in that there is nothing but yeah. because because the image is not so not so clear and that was about uh, first world war my great-grandfather's story that kind of thing so yeah it has become it's kind of what it does with with the imagery but then yeah I am there is still that you know still that thing that it is just sort of fascinating in sure. itself that I still find it fascinating to go and look in my the whiskey tube. <laughs> He's there again. <laughs> that crazy man looking for his bottle. Does he not know that sentence? <laughs> <laughs> Twenty years he's been looking in that. Because <laughs> we've we've uh, I think we worked out earlier. We've known each other for five years. Was it? Yeah, it's getting close to s- close to six, five and a half years. Yeah. And it was. I'll just for the records. It was you that got me into pinhole. Uh, sorry. I knew you'd say that. Yeah, <laughs> that's an obvious answer. <laughs> so you you were always the one to um, to try and promote me to embrace mm. the pinhole, and now I've uh, run with the the torch. And now I shoot. <laughs> but much I think you know, and I think it before. means different things to different people, and I think it means something slightly different to you, to to me, and and but you know, we have the kind of relationship with that way of making. Mm-hmm. Work. I think with you know. I think it's there's sort of areas of fascination that we share, and some you know. There's some, I think there's some parts of it which you're more into, maybe some parts which I'm more into, and it's kind of you know how it how it sort of manifests its, itself. But it's you know there are things like the way that you like to work with with laser cut mm-hmm. pinholes, and I mean I thought about that obviously in. in them and get them cut or whatever um but it was there was something in that in that diy so i think there was something that i was and it's you know it's not dissimilar to you but we're working out in different ways um you know i like it to be i suppose pointed at something with a with a purpose it's Mm -hmm. that whilst it does fascinate me you know it's 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 what can it open up what kind of ideas or questions or ways of seeing in that kind of mm-hmm. 
Walter so, Benjamin kind of idea. Does it does it yeah. open up? So you'll you'll use it where it's appropriate. Would that be yeah safe to say? Yeah. Whereas I'll point a pinhole at anything. I'm quite surprised I'm not pointing one at you. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> a pinhole pinhole recording. <laughs> um, I think so. But but then you that's not you know you're also finding ways of and I think you do have that that fascination. No people do, and I'm not saying that I'd, I'm devoid of that, but it's not quite like that but then you're pointing it at things and you're talking about projects that you're in the process of making or on the first points of making mm-hmm. and that will have you know that will work in very sort of similar ways I suppose to some of the ways that I'm I'm working and it's it's yeah and I think you know it's it's all it's all good but I have had conversations with people where I've thought I'm I'm really not as into pinhole as as you because you know people it is like point it's a pinhole point it kind of at anything it needs to align for me and there's yeah. but it does produce certain kind of imagery that has a certain aesthetic effect and it's that um uh effective effective qualities of images and the kind of emotional response that comes together with uh with with uh the ideas that, that that sit in you're trying to draw people in, so it's not just the sort of pretty picture idea and mm-hmm. the empty pretty picture far far from it. And that's again kind of one of the things that I, I bang on about. So the encounter sign, that Deleuze idea of the encounter sign. So it's one where you kind of people have an emotional response, but it's it's to lead to further sort of thought and thinking about it, not just oh that made me feel like that. It's like that made me feel like that. What's it saying? What's it doing? So it's I guess trying to kind of work in in that way that you know people like I guess Ari Gersh you know does it's kind of particularly um, so yeah so that, I mean I've, I, there's other things that um, actually when you've gone there's something I'm going to look at it's, um, which but we'll be using pinhole but it's a way of I'm kind of looking at with moving image and stuff mm-hmm. and, and pinhole uh, and it has an effective quality and it has that it does have that fascination so it is partly that but it is important to me what it what it points at what it sure. does with that and it's it produces images where there's <coughs> where it does feel like there's something because of the lack of clarity there's something that's just just kind of out of reach um, that's what it does for me I'm not saying it does it for anybody else you know can only work on that basis so I'll, I'll ask everybody else what it means to them yeah but that's all I was interested in what it means to you okay thank cool. you well thank you very much you're welcome <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll call it a day there um, thank you very much for your time goodbye so there we go I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed um, sitting through it with James I found it very very interesting um, I hope you did as well um, if you'd like to see the work that we were talking about, you can see it on James's website. That's jamesrussellcant.com. That's Russell with two S's and two L's. Um, the body of work, uh, as we said during the interview, is called The Decisive and Other Moments. So that's it for show 32, I think. So I guess we'll just close this out like normal. Um, you can see my work on Instagram if you wish. It's neil underscore piper. And If you'd like to get in touch with me or the show, uh, feel free to send me a message, send me a DM through one of the social medias. Um, The show has an email address, as I'm sure you all know and don't use enough, 
<laughs> sorry um that's just soot and whitewash all spelled out at gmail.com uh, the show has an instagram as well which is just at soot and whitewash okay so i hope you enjoyed the show and i shall speak to you guys all again soon thanks guys bye-bye Thank you.